Hi, and thanks for tuning in. This is the Learn With John Ike podcast. And it's episode 79 of Teaching Tales. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Brent Coley. How are you doing, brother? Uh, I I am fantastic, and I am here with John Ike. We're doing a, a... a simulcast podcast of the Teaching Tales podcast and the Learn with John Ike podcast. So, this, this is, is awesome. fantastic. I'm a big fan of the uh, Teaching Tales podcast. I've been on the show with you uh, before, and, uh, and every time I drop a Learn with John Ike podcast, me and you are always riffing like, hey, did you hear that real riff right there? So like a simulcast, <laughs> this is going to be epic. Hey, um, do you want to introduce kind of the overall topic, why we decided to riff on this topic tonight and why we're on the, on the air together? Yes, absolutely. So, so, so what people don't know is you and I recorded an episode. It's like, it's in the can somewhere. It's like yet to be and may, may never find the light of day. But we were talking about, you know what, if, if we don't publish that one, distance learning, like we are in the midst of a, of a global health crisis. Schools are closed all over the world. Uh, we are recording in our home offices right now. We haven't seen the light of day. <laughs> other than our backyards for a long time. So we thought, what, what have we learned from distance learning? Because what, what a timely episode that this could be. So that's what we're talking about, is what have we learned from distance learning? Uh, yeah, I love it. And you know, when we originally came up with the premise of um, what we would do is kind of interview each other, that, that mm-hmm. episode that's you know, deep in the archives and may never be released. <laughs> Was I came up with three questions to ask you about educational leadership, and you came up with three questions to ask me, and that was our riff. But then, as this, uh, you know, this this global epidemic broke out, we thought, hey, let's just interview each other about our experiences uh, shifting to distance learning from our two different perspectives. I'm an executive director of a little thousand seat school. You're a principal of the amazing school in Southern California, and let's hear our responses to the same three overarching questions, but from our two different unique uh, perspectives and see where they overlap. And so uh, the, we're going to go through the three questions. We're both going to answer them. And then we're going to release our podcast, uh, you know, the same day on our two separate channels. Um, the, the three questions. The first one is like, hey, from your kind of position as educational leader, what's been the hardest part about managing the change implementation that th- that's been brought on by distance learning in these first 30 days or so? So from your position, what's been the hardest part? Uh, What's the second question? Second question is going to be, so when this is all done, what do you hope? What is one thing that that you hope that that we, you, me, our teachers, that we collectively will take with us when things get back to, you can't see it, the air quotes, normal. Uh, Hopefully we get back to normal. What what, what do we want to take with us from this? I love that question. I love it. Third question. Yeah, and the third question is just, and I think this was perfect for you and I, Brent, because we're both so optimistically oriented that I think um, the, th- the third question is, what is one glimmer of hope that you've seen through all of this? And I can't wait to hear what you've seen out there, and I can't wait to share what I'm seeing as well, because I think there's still so much hope and so much to be optimistic mm-hmm. about. So, so let's dive in, brother. Let's get the podcast rolling uh, for, for the audience. Uh, who wants to take the first question? You want to you answer uh- the first question? Uh, sure. Yeah, I'll so ask you, you answer. Here it comes. From your comes. position as principal, uh, what's the hardest part about the change implementation in the first 30 days or so? Uh, it's been, I mean, that's tough to narrow it down into one. I mean, obviously, I think the obvious answer is, 
is the dependence upon technology that 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 the face to face which you and I we have had numerous conversations of of the relationships are are foundational i mean yeah. education teaching regardless of your position it is all about relationships and that face to face component has literally just like that been taken away where we now have a mandate you are not allowed <laughs> forget the right. 6 feet you, you can't you can't you can't be near them. You can't see it. It's gone. So I think that has been a hard part is, is telling teachers who want, and I'm sure you've got this because you've got amazing teachers at your school. I've, I've seen them online. I've got teachers who like they, out of the goodness, they want to do right by kids. They want to go. They would go and drop stuff off at the kids. Oh, yeah, they need this. Right. this I'm going to go to their house and drop it off for them. And we're being told No. You, you, like you may not do that. You, you, it, it's the health inspector, the health office is saying, no, that's not safe. You can't do that. So almost having to shackle them uh, and, and hold them back is so difficult as a school leader when you, it's what we spend all our time doing is, is we want to unleash the passions and unleash the talents of our teachers. And now we're saying, I know you want to do that, but you can't because it's yeah. not safe. It's not, for, it's not healthy right now. Yeah. So. It's interesting. I mean, I love your riff right there because I agree. I think uh, every, every one of our educators would, you know, jump in their car, drive to somebody's house and, you mm -hmm. know, flirt with the edge of disaster a little bit <laughs> to do what's right for kids. And so, yeah, that, that orientation trying to, you know, it's so funny because I think as a principal, you probably talk with your teachers a lot about creating relationships and leaning on relationships. And here you are kind of saying, and now I'm asking you to pull back a little bit and, 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 and don't do what your heart calls you to do. Yeah, it's so tough, man. Um, I think my riff on this question was the hardest part about the change implementation uh, over the first 30 days is, is very similar to yours. And it is that um, managing change, uh, you know, my, 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 my go-to orientation for managing change is all through like that, that context of communications. Like I think communications is everything. It's probably because I'm just a big talker and I love my own voice, but like I think, you know, well-crafted weekly communications and regular communications and oral communications, written communications, video communications. Like I think well-crafted communications is what makes an organization operate smoothly from a, um, you know, from an educational leader's standpoint, you know, having a clear mission and a clear vision and a clear strategic plan and make sure everybody kind of buys into what we're doing and having these shared leadership models. We can all sit in collaboration and decide what's best. All of that just like evaporated yeah. overnight. And it was so, I mean, it was funny because I think at some level we're like, hey, we're all working from home. Isn't that great? And there's been so many bright spots to that in some respects. But like, I swear the first uh, 21 days of this crisis. Uh, I don't think I took a day off. I don't think no. I took an hour off. I mean, it took hours and hours and hours to craft every communication that either went out to families or went yep. out to my staff. I, I would write and then rewrite and then rewrite and then record and then re-record and re-record because it was so important to implement this change through clear communication. And man, I got to tell you, I... I realized how much I lean on 
that live stand in front of the room yes. and communicate. Like I walk into a staff, I've been doing this, you know, I've been an educator for 22 years or so in, in my district. I've been ed leader for over, well over a decade, right? I walk into a staff meeting and I go, hey everybody, like, let's do some celebrations, let's get the room warmed up, and now let's riff. This is what I'm thinking, I hear some of you are thinking this, I was in leadership team last week, um, a couple great leadership rock stars, Mrs. Smith, Mrs. Jones, they said this in leadership, and the whole room goes, yeah, man, we're on the mm -hmm. same page. Yeah, you, it's gone. Whoosh. Like overnight, it all came down to communications had to be very like strategically organized and thought out. And you you missed that um that opportunity to walk the halls and mm. open the door and catch someone on their prep period and be like, hey man, can I can I run an idea by you? We're thinking about doing this one thing, but that's just gone. Um, and that has been, I think, the hardest part about changes is going from these very organic uh, communications to these very like purposefully scripted and well thought out communications. And maybe maybe the learn for me is I'll I'll be more scripted in the future. But that <laughs> I, that's the hardest part, man. I think is like shifting your communications uh, to this distance learning uh, in managing change. Oh, and, and I just I just want to piggyback on what you said there because we were talking before we started recording a little bit. Like you said, you get up in front of a staff meeting. And, and there's just something about being able to look your staff in the eyes and, and have a conversation with them. Or like we were saying, like sometimes I'm going to walk down to Mrs. Smith's classroom and we're going to talk rather than send that, str that strategically worded email or something like that. I want to have a conversation with that person. And what this is showing me is when that's been taken away, that, that venue, the face-to-face -face communication, we have to be more strategic, but I'm learning it still can be done. It's just, it takes a lot of effort. Because I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, what I'm seeing our teachers do, for example, in terms of building those relationships, they're recording themselves. Whether it's a recorded morning message each yep. day that they're putting out there, and what we're hearing is that's what our kids are craving they want they want to see their teacher's face they want to hear their teacher's voice they want to see we've got flip grids being created where you know, oh it's billy's birthday so the teacher's creating a flip grid where the <laughs> classmates can happy birthday billy and they're sending me the link so i can record myself yeah. saying billy i hear it's your birthday today and, and i mean and we had that for example i it was somebody who had my birthday was last monday and, right. and I shared a birthday with a couple of students and they did a flip grid and they sent me the link. Mr. Coley, uh, wish you and so a birthday because you share a birthday. So I did that and I get the email from the mom saying, all he's doing is watching that video over and over and over and okay. over again. So, okay. so it's like we, you and I, we, we love that face to face. We still have the face. It's not exactly the same, but we can still do it. It's just, and, and we have to still do it because if, yeah. if it's just, I mean, you were saying Zoom meetings. I mean, we, how many, geez Louise, how many, <laughs> how many Zoom meetings have we been in in the last, and, and yes, you can see that, but it's not the same. It's yeah. not the same. It's interesting too, because we talk about that staff meeting and that FaceTime. It, it is about um, seeing people's responses to your uh, communications. Because we, I have, you know, we've been creating a lot of videos. Our professional development is all shifted to like, you know, we're utilizing Google Classroom and putting asynchronous learning opportunities for our staff, mm -hmm. kind of mirroring what our teachers are doing for our kids. It's really cool. We love it, but boy, there is no 
uh, replacing, you know, watching your audience's face react with confusion or admiration yeah. or, yes. uh, you know, or, or, or embracing of an idea. So yeah, yeah, it's been an interesting shift, man. Gosh, I think this one question of what is the hardest part, we could unpack it all night. We long could, let's, let, yeah, yeah. We, we could have a whole episode on that. So let's, let's yeah, move yeah, to question yeah. two. I mean, yeah, yeah. What, I, what do we got? What's, what's question I'm going to shoot, I'm going to, you're going to go with question two. I'm going to ask you, so what is one thing you hope we take with us? Yeah, this is this. a great one, man. And you know, what's interesting is like, I, I sure wish it was some really awesome piece of educational technology. Cause you and I are both ed tech super nerds. Like I wish I was like, Oh, awesome. We're all going to walk out of here utilizing this one tool and the tool is going to change the future. And it's not about the tool, man. Nope. Tools don't teach kids. Teachers <laughs> teach kids. We know that. So I guess my, 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 my hope is that what is, what has happened to our teachers in this, uh, in this conversation? I think I would reflect on, we held our, uh, you know, I have a phenomenal leadership team in our organization filled with uh, incredible teachers. And we were having some really cool riff uh, last week or the week before. Uh, I'm on spring break right now, so my brain has gone to mush. But uh, last, I think it was two weeks ago, we're like, hey guys, what are some of the challenges with this distance learning model? Like we're doing a lot of asynchronous learning because we think it's a real equity issue to ensure that kids can learn morning, noon, or night, whenever it's convenient for their family. So we're talking about that piece um, about how to construct asynchronous learning opportunities and the conversation around uh, differentiation and universal design for learning came up in a really interesting and different way. I mean, we always talk about personalization, differentiation, UDL, universal design for learning, mm -hmm. in regards to equity and access. But it really, really hit home when teachers were like, man, it is so hard to design a lesson online in an asynchronous fashion and really ensure that we're personalizing for kids. And, and, and what it made me realize is mm -hmm. how much my staff really thinks about personalization and how well they already execute personalization in their classroom, you know, through small group work and workshop model. And I, and I, and I guess what I hope we take away from this model, partly in my organization, is just this realization that personalization matters, that yes. one six-minute video is not the one ring to control them all. It's not the one. I'm going to do one awesome best first instruction and 100% of my kids are going to get what they need. Nope. Mm -hmm. That's just not going to do it. We're going to have to differentiate and utilize, you know, um, the removal of barriers through UDL and, and, and uh, all these mechanisms. And, and honestly, I'm going to be real transparent. Like I've got the best teachers in America. I don't know that we've figured out how to do that via distance learning yet. I mean, we're, yeah. we're three weeks in and we're like, Oh my gosh, this is so hard. Yes. Like, yes. I, I think we're gonna struggle through distance learning for uh, you know for 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 another nine weeks or eight weeks whatever we got left. Uh, we're gonna struggle through, and we're but what we're gonna learn is the power of the that personalization work that we do when we are together. And I am assuming that we're also gonna get better at providing some type of personalization through our distance learning model as we go forward. So yeah, I think that's my takeaway, man. Is like how to continually focus on that piece. I love I love that. Yeah, it's almost like we we took for granted the ability to differentiate yeah. and, and, and we didn't, we don't always do it as much as we should, but at least we had the option of doing it. And now we don't, or, or, or it's much more difficult, like you said, to do it asynchronous. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Asynchro yeah. 
Not at the yeah. same time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in an asynchronous way, there we go. Yeah. It, it's, it's so much more difficult. And especially like you said, going back to what you'd previously said, when you can't see them. Yeah. When you're not looking them in the eyes and you're right. not seeing the confused look on their face or the nod head like, oh, I got it. I can keep going. It, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's, it's, it, you're, it's a great point, Brett, that, that we, where we are in synchronous in, in, in our mm-hmm. classroom, we have continuous uh, nonverbal formative feedback. I see yes. you nodding. I see you shaking your head. I see you confused. I see you engaged. I see you not engaged. That's all formative feedback that we use in real time all the time can't do it this way and so yeah. i think just the, the the missing of it makes us want it more and so i think when we get back to our classrooms we may be even better at really reading the tea leaves and seeing who's engaged who's not engaged and who needs different opportunities yeah it's interesting man what uh, what is one thing that you hope that we take with us as we eventually exit this uh this scenario well john i I'm, I, I jotted a couple notes down here and it's like, it's, it's interesting because it will not be, it's, it's not all about academics. Yeah. And that's what I hope that yeah. we take from this because we have so many families right now. And I know that you are experiencing the same thing. Families have been thrown into crisis. I mean, we have, we have, I mean, kids that are normally at school are now at home. We have parents that are being forced to work from home. So you have parents who are working from home and are now also their teachers. They're, they're, they're having to do double duty, all of that. And uh, we got to make sure that our families are okay. That's been a message uh, from, from, from my assistant principal and me to our staff is, guys, that, that whole go slow to go fast uh, mantra has been really what we're preaching. I think it was, uh, oh, I'm totally... Uh, Blanking on the thing, but somebody had tweeted when when this whole thing started. Make your plans, cut it in half, yeah, and then cut it in half again, yeah. And 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 basically, like, please don't try to replicate six and a half hours of what you would do in the classroom to try to do in somebody's living room because it just ain't gonna happen. Yeah. Especially considering that our families right now. I mean, you see these memes that are going around of of. If teachers weren't appreciated before, <laughs> if they weren't appreciated before, yeah, uh, there's a lot of parents out there that have a they have a newfound respect for. Oh my gosh, this is what you do all day. Um, right. So, so I just think it's not about academic. We have to just really make sure that our kids and our families are doing okay. And I think that that what do I hope we take away? Well, when we're back to normal. We still need to remember that when you are assigning something at home, mm-hmm. what is the dynamic at home that, that, that are they able to accomplish this? And I think like right now, one of my big things is just trying to, to talk people off the ledge and, and let them know it's going to be okay. And let's, let's have some fun. I mean, whether it's been, we've had our teachers, I, I, cause I would do the, the, the Facebook live bedtime story times about once a month, but starting this, it's like, we need, we need a reprieve from, from all that's going on right now. So we're doing it more. I was doing it once a week. And I, and I put the call out to teachers, guys, you record yourself. You don't have to do it live, record yourself reading. And they have shown up and we literally have had one every single, I've been able to schedule one every single night. Uh, 
because it's it's and and yes, that is academics. It's reading and it's 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 but 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 we also did like a, a March Madness. Like March Madness was canceled. So so I got I, I saw the idea somewhere. So I did March Madness snacks edition. I saw that. Did you I see that? that? So so what? It takes a. The chips, cookies, crackers, and oh, gummies, and, and, and put them into brackets, and, and we put it out there, and they got to vote. So it fun. has nothing to do with academics, right. but, it, but it was fun. And, and, it, and, and I got some parents saying, like, we're having discussions as a family. It's bringing us together, and that's what I want right now. If, I mean, there's so much despair and uncertainty and anxiety right now let's have a little fun and if it takes yeah. voting on is cheese it's your preferred thing or is it oreos i mean like yeah. what's your preferred oreos, snack big winner, big winner. oreos was the winner and, and we're doing it again now i'm doing april awesomeness and we're doing the disney pixar edition oh, and we're, i love it i've got the uh, 64 uh, disney movies and we're and we're voting on what people and it's just fun it's and, and we need we need more of that it's interesting because it makes me want to take back my, my answer and, and reintroduce. No, it. no, your answer I, was your no, answer I'll, was I'll, perfect. I'll, but I'll tell you why because I think one of the things I hope we take out of this is the realization that trauma informed practices are, yes. are are meaningful and real. And what I mean by that is I got an opportunity to I recorded a little video for my staff and I said, hey everybody, uh, we know the research indicates uh, you know that that uh, trauma is a construct of these things called ACEs, right? Adverse childhood experiences hey child's family goes through a divorce that's an ace adverse childhood experience mm -hmm. hey, student of poverty has multiple aces adverse childhood experiences right but right now for maybe the first time in edu modern history every single one of your Everybody. students and every one of your you know everyone is experiencing an adverse childhood experience it's called you know shelter in place and so we have to recognize that these ACEs, they manifest in trauma, and trauma very often manifests in ADHD-like symptoms, and it affects learning, and it, uh, it manifests in, 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 uh, in behavior like anger and depression, and that affects learning. So if you're trying to push forward standards and make sure your report cards get filled out, number one, hey, heads up, you're going to fail because <laughs> trauma right now. And number two, if you're doing the, you know, the old, not that my, my people don't, but if you're doing the old school stand and deliver form of instructional model, that's not a trauma informed practice and you ain't going to get anywhere. Like this is that moment where you're like, if you don't invest in social, emotional learning competencies, then you're not going to yield any academic growth at all. And I think if I were to take something forward, I would like to learn from today, you know, April, 2020. And when we finally get back to our classrooms to never lose that that we learned that trauma is real, trauma-informed practices are legit, investing in social-emotional learning competencies help academics, and what you said, Brent, which is like, hey, man, it doesn't all have to be about the grind. Let's have some fun. Let's give opportunities for families to engage in this stuff together in a kind of low-stakes, you know, yeah. high low-floor, high-ceiling web. So, yeah, I love it, man. That, that is a great... That's a great takeaway. See, there's so many silver linings. Look at yes, that. There, there are, which, which leads us into our final question. So, uh, oh, yeah, yeah is, I'll is, ask this question. Let okay. me ask you your turn. It's your turn. So, what is one glimmer of hope that you have seen during all this? I see. I was talking with somebody earlier today. I, I, I mean, there's lots of glimmers of hope, actually. I mean, right I now, we're, we're, I mean, we're, we're knee deep in it, I mean, but. I mean, this, what, what our teachers are being 
forced to do. I mean, yeah. they, they, are, they are thinking outside the box because they have no other choice. I mean, it, it's, it's the only option right now. They are learning new strategies, new tools, and I totally agree with what you said. It's not about the tool. Um, that being said, if a new pedagogy comes, I mean, it, it can definitely be something, and I'm going to use Flipgrid as an example. I've yeah. got teachers who, who were uh, maybe a little fearful of, uh, I don't know if I can do that, I'm not real techie or something, who are now, uh, I've got one teacher who not, she was one of those, would not be what we call an early adopter. She's now my go-to person. <laughs> When my other teachers and, 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 and it's like, she, she, ask her, she, she's, she's ready. She, yeah. she, she can help you. So, yeah. and I think what, what the glimmer of hope is they're going to, they're going to have different tools in their tool belts that when they get to their classrooms in August and, and we're back to, 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 and I don't even want to say normal because I think it's going to be a, there is no more normal. It's it's a new normal. Yep. It's 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 back to the brick back when we get to go back in the brick and mortar building. Yeah, right. But I but but my glimmer of hope is that like you said, that trauma informed practices are are on the forefront of in the forefronts of our minds. And the tools that we use like Flipgrid, like re, like asynchronous learning and, and giving opportunities like that, that it's not just a whoo, I learned that just to get me through. Yeah. It's Oh dang, that that really worked. And if that worked when I wasn't face to face with them, imagine what it could what what it could be if if we were able to have those face to face conversations. So I'm 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 really encouraged. Again, right now it's kind of hard to see it because I just want to I just want to go out to eat with my family. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you're. It's like. I, I can't wait to just go out and sit down in a restaurant when all this is over and, and enjoy that. But if we look out there, there is, yeah. gosh, there's so, I mean, you and I, I know we believe the same thing that all things work together and good is going to come out of this. And yeah. that, that's my hope that, that we are learning. Our teachers are learning new things I, and it, they're going to be more equipped to handle the challenges that come their way when this is all over. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I mean, necessity is the mother of invention, of invention. <laughs> and in, in innovation. And uh, I've had, I mean, I've got a very tech forward staff, uh, but I have had more teachers, even the ones who you would call, you know, air quote, the techie teachers. I've had more teachers say to me in the last, you know, 30 days, oh my gosh, I am learning so much. Yeah. And, it's, and so, yeah, from the tool side, it's phenomenal uh, onboarding because then you'll bring those tools back into the brick and mortar, brick and mortar uh, classroom, and in the new normal, be able to utilize those. You know, in the class would be great. I think the glimmer of hope that I, I think I see is, uh, I think during what we would call normal times, we become accustomed to the daily ins and outs of our life and the daily ins and outs of behavior and categorizing and marginalizing students for particular reasons because we're all human and that's how these things operate. But like there has been such a massive slam on the brakes for our entire society that it's asked each of us to kind of reevaluate our own outlook on every relationship. And there's this really interesting glimmer of hope where I'm seeing such an increased capacity for human 
compassion and kindness and understanding of one another and really uh, in, this empowerment to uh, stand up for one another and with one another. I see people leaning on each other like never before. I see people embracing each other's um, vulnerabilities, staff and students, you know, staff to staff. I see staff members, you know, saying, hey, I was, I was working with Mrs. Jones yesterday and she was struggling with this, but you know, I, I did this, this and that to help her out. Or, Hey, I, I I'm worried about Mr. Smith. I, I I'm going to, I'm going to reach out to him because I think uh, he might need some help in this. And I'm thinking you're going to reach out to him, Mr. I've worked with you for 10 years. I, I never see you reach out to anybody except, you know, grab a sandwich off the lunch table. Like this idea that we're all in this together and that it's really pushed are the boundaries of, compassion and collaboration and, and outreach. You know, we all have uh, students in our classroom who like, you know, don't gel as well with our personal uh, personality types and we can struggle with student behaviors. But like, we've been in distance learning now for nearly a month and I'm like, I'm just amazed at how, how hard people are pouring into one another and, and, and into their students uh, and, and really looking through the equity lens and being like, I'm going to give this kid every single possible thing I can muster up to make this kid successful. And I think, wow, man, like, I think we normally do that in the brick and mortar classroom, but we get exhausted. And, and this is this whole new lens to look through where we're like, I haven't heard anybody giving up on a kid yet. And not that we normally see that. I'm not saying that's the norm, but I'm saying, hey, we're all grownups here. We're all part of the edu industry. And we've witnessed our, our colleagues at times through sheer exhaustion, give up on a kid. And in this distance learning model, everybody's leaning on each other so hard and working so hard to really consider that all means all. We're all going to get through this yeah. together. Every one of my kids is going to make it. Every one of my colleagues is going to make it. My family's going to make it. Like, what an interesting glimmer of hope to say that, hey, when crisis strikes, we, this, this, this community pulls together, not pulls apart. And I just yeah. go, I know we've, you and I are very same, you know, similar age. We're, we're exactly the same age. I think we all we grew up on like the World War II movies, you know, where everybody was V for victory, growing a garden. It felt like the whole country was in it together to, you know, beat the Nazis. You know, we grew up on that, on that rhetoric, you know, and, and we've never experienced anything like that in our lifetime. And for the first time in my life, I look around and I go, hey, man, we are all fighting in the same direction yeah. for the same win. And it's a glimmer of hope in the middle of massive crisis and trauma. And I'm not downplaying that at all. I just think the glimmer of hope is watching the community pull together. It's, I, I could not agree more if there was, and yeah, my staff is, we've got the same staffs. I mean, they don't, they don't give up on kids, but if there was ever a time for someone to mail it in, this would be it. Meaning that if somebody's like, you know what? No, he's not walking in my classroom. I mean, what? but, but I mean, like I did not think I could be more proud of the effort that my staff right. puts forward until this has happened right? And, and then it's like oh my gosh like like i can't believe we, we we're monitoring our we, we're like the gone dark kids in terms of like those <laughs> ones that you're not hearing from yeah, where are they and, yeah yeah and we're and we're calling them from our counselor and our title one teacher and our assistant principal or reach because we're not going to let a single kid yeah slip through the cracks and and it's it's just i i could not be 
I know you feel the same way. You could not be more proud of your staff. I could not be more proud of my staff because the way they've pulled together, like you said, it's almost war wartime in terms yeah. of they're, they're, they're pulling together and what do you need? I'll help you out. Like you said, even if it's Mr. Smith who you even know where his room, his room is. Yeah. I mean, right, right, right. And, and now you're, you're doing whatever. So. Well, and I awesome. love the way you frame that too, because you're right. If there's, if there's ever a time to phone it in, I mean, mm-hmm. we're all at home. How are you going to hold me accountable? Like, right. But I, I am absolutely flabbergasted by the amount of effort and, uh, and, 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 and creativity. We have an amazing staff. I mean, I would put up our staff against anybody. Uh, we have an amazing staff and I don't think I could have been more proud. And all of a sudden I'm finding myself going, I don't think I've ever seen this team work this hard yeah. with this much heart this much creativity and this much togetherness. So yeah, man, what a, what an interesting glimmer of hope during a time of crisis. Yeah. Hey man, this has been a blast. This I mean, has not, been. not to count, you know, not, not to capitalize on a crisis, but this has been a really fun riff, man. Thanks for jamming tonight. Oh my gosh. I, this is when, when you texted and said, Ooh, I got an idea. I got an idea for, <laughs> for, for a simulcast episode of the podcast. I was like, I'm in, man. I'm in. Yeah, so let's do it. Let's do it. Well, hey, uh, Brent, for, for my listeners and the Learn with John Ike podcast, uh, like, uh, let's just introduce where, where, where can they find you at, Brent Coley? What, what's your uh, what's your Twitter handle out there? So, so on on Twitter, I'm at Brent Coley, all one word, B R E N T C O L E Y. My website's brentcoley.com, and the podcast, Teaching Tales Podcast, it, you can find it on my website. There's a podcast page. It's also in iTunes, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and basically, like you said, you've been a guest on multiple times, yeah. different guests each time, and we share stories. Like you've been sharing stories tonight, I've been sharing stories tonight. It's 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 just everyone loves stories, uh, and uh, I mean, you know, I love stories. Everybody loves stories, and that's what the podcast is it. about. So I love it. I love it. Well, and and, and for my yeah. listeners. For, yeah, yeah, right back for my you. mom, for my mom and dad, and my yeah, wife, both, who, both your listeners, yeah, for, yeah. For, for both of my listeners, yeah, tell how what is how can we get a hold of you and tell us about your podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, my name is John Ike. You can find me on the Twitters at John underscore Ike. It's E I C K. I got a website, learnwithjohnike.com. You can find my my Learn with John Ike podcast and all the little podcast uh, collectors out there, uh, just like yourself. Uh, it's really funny because my podcast listeners are very used to like me just riffing in solo for like, you know, three to nine minutes at max. So I think when people look down their phone and go, wait, it's 51 minutes. <laughs> this is what? like, this is what? a five, this is a five episode. It's a five episode set. It's a whole season, I mean, right? Now. I, think, I think some of my listeners will be like, I can't listen to John just, just scream at the phone for 51 minutes. So I think they'll be happy, happy to find out that it's not just me riffing, but it's, it's been a simulcast with the two of us, man. Well, this is a blast. Uh, it's a, a, a genuine pleasure riffing with you, brother. Uh, to everyone out there in the podcast this year, make sure you uh, tune in to uh, Brent Coley's uh, uh, Teaching Tales. And uh, hey, thanks for tuning in. We will catch you next time. And for, for, teach, for Teaching Tale listeners, thank you so much. Uh, until next time, have a good one. And John, give me a... Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah.